praise God. Appreciate our worship team tonight leading us in the presence of the Lord. Amen. This uh, Sunday morning, I, I believe that we will conclude our series on the end. We'll be talking about the uh, Antichrist, the Antichrist spirit, the, the Antichrist where that I believe that you can see that coming from and where that you can look to. And even uh, I talked to Pastor Jamie and Eric and maybe a couple of the elders about it. And I've never um, been able to settle in my heart. You know, have you ever um, just uh, heard something or you tasted something? Maybe you tasted, you know, ice cream for the first time at the flavor and, and you, you said to yourself I've liked that all my life you didn't know that you didn't, you'd liked it because you had never tasted it but when you tasted it you knew you liked it all your life am I making sense you hear something and you you believe it and you say that's what I've believed all my life and that's what the what I'm going to share with you on Sunday morning is something that I've never heard before but something I've believed all my life and uh, there's a lot of things that have been taught about the rapture of the church and all of those. And I'm not saying that I'm an expert. I'll leave that up to those who have given their lives for the study on it. But I do believe uh, that the Lord is soon to return. And I want to share some things that I believe that this Antichrist spirit and the Antichrist is rising up in this last day. And so invite somebody, all right? Invite somebody to come and be with you on Sunday morning, and let's believe God for salvation, right? Amen. All right, if we can believe together, we'll put some prayer on it. God won't let us down, but he will honor us in our prayers, right? Amen. So invite and pray, and we'll see lives changed here on Sunday morning. <clears throat> Tonight, I want to talk to you about something that... Uh, I think that we can all be in agreement on, and that is that we have an adversary. We have a foe. We have an enemy, right? His assignment is to keep us from our destiny, from whatever God has purpose or means for us to be. And so tonight I want to uh, speak on a subject uh, It's real familiar out of 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. And uh, if I was to title this tonight, I would simply title it Submit plus Resist equals Dangerous. Plus, or Submit plus Resist equals Dangerous. You see, uh, the Lord has set us up for victor victory, but our enemy has come to bring discouragement. Have you ever dealt with discouragement? I've got two honest people in the house. All of us deal with discouragement at some time, huh? It's not only discouragement. Discouragement is bad enough, but discouragement, if not dealt with, leads to hopelessness. And that's what the enemy wants to do when he gets us discouraged and then we become hopeless. Then he tries to wear us out and calls us to quit doing the things that are right. And he viciously attacks us with fear. He attacks us with doubt. He attacks us then with unbelief. He opposes us on every front and every side. And that adversary has a name, right? 
he has a name. We, we don't hear it too much any longer, uh, especially in churches, but we have to understand that his name is the devil. And he is real, and he doesn't fight fair. And 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The Living Bible translation says it this way, He prowls around like a hungry, roaring lion, looking for a victim to tear apart. In other words, he is looking for a victim that he can rip to shreds. He's looking for someone who has left him an open door of access. He preys upon the vulnerable. He preys upon the defenseless. He's searching for a victim that he can victimize. And have you ever been victimized by the devil? How that he has come with us with his schemes and, and we have bought into it at some time, some place in our lives, right? We have all suffered at one time or another as being a victim of the enemy. So the question tonight is how do we keep him from uh, coming in? How do, do you uh, not become a victim? How do you shut every door in your life and keep him locked out? How do you victim-proof your life so that you are untouchable by the evil one? Victim-proofing your life is possible. It is possible through Scripture. It is possible because the Bible gives us these simple instructions on how that we can be off-limit to our enemy, how that the devil cannot reach us. In fact, if we follow these simple instructions, not only does he have to leave us alone, but in fact, he will want to be as far away from us as he possibly can. Being victim-proof is very simple. It's a two-step plan that God gave us in James chapter 4 and verse 7. It's real simple. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Submit and resist sounds so simple, simple enough, right? But it is easier to say it than it is to do it. Let's break this down tonight. This word, this first step, submit, what does it mean to submit? Well, when I look it up, it means to be ruled by God, to allow him to be king over our life so that everything you do, everything that you think, and everything that you say is ruled by him. The second meaning is to be subject to God, to allow him to be Lord and master, making yourself a servant Uh, who wholeheartedly purpose is to live for him. The third thing is to give yourself completely to God, to give up ownership of yourself, make yourself his possession, and do with you whatever he wants to do. 
to obey God, to willingly, without question, do as he has commanded. Number five is to humble yourself before God, to let go of self-pride and arrogance, making everything revolve around him and not revolve around you. And then thirdly is to surrender to God, to give up control. Wow. I want to spend some time because whenever I begin to think about this and and again, and it's so simple, but yet it's so profound that I want to spend some time with this word, what it means to surrender to God, because without surrender, then you will, you will never be ruled by God and you will not be subject to him. Neither will you be unable to uh, give yourself completely to him and you won't, won't obey him and you won't humble yourself. So if you don't Uh, come to understanding with this sixth meaning, surrender, you will never do any of the other five. Surrender simply means to give up control, but to give up control is not easy, even when uh, over the little things of our life, right? Nobody wants to give up control. I know that's true. If I'm going somewhere, I want to be driving. I may not be the best driver in the world, but I'm the best one I know. (laughs) Amen. And Renee, you know, she hasn't never, uh, you know, wrecked or anything since we've been married. Uh, But but, uh, Renee, she's a good driver, but I still want to be at the wheel if we're going somewhere. 90% 90% 95% of the time, if we are going somewhere, unless I'm exhausted, totally exhausted, I will be doing the driving. I'm sure it has something to do with being in control. When she does drive, I'm telling her how to drive. You're going too fast. You're going too slow. You need to get in the other lane. Nobody can relate, right? What are you doing Speed up, slow down. Even whenever I'm not behind the wheel, I'm trying to tell her how to drive. Trying to lose control of even the small things is a difficult thing. And I know that uh, I uh, was riding with a man one time. I fell into his trap. He said, preacher, get in the truck and I'll take you and show you a place to hunt. And so, you know, that was a weak spot for me. And I crawled in his truck and on the way to it, it should have probably taken us 10 minutes to get there. It took us about 30. And on the way uh, to the, the, his farm, he was telling me how that I should drive. And that if I drove like him, that, that there wouldn't be no wrecks because he had been driving these 50 some years and had never had a wreck but I could look in my rearview mirror and only thoughts that I have is you may have never been in a wreck, but God only knows how many you've caused. <laughs> and uh, I have never did get back in the vehicle with that fella, but this is my own conviction. You know, if, if, if you don't have to be somewhere for an hour and it only takes you 10 minutes to get there, then don't leave an hour early and stop everybody else on the way. You understand what I'm saying? 
Well, enough of that. You may laugh at my story, but I believe that we all have an issue with control. Thank you, Brother Michael. Amen. We, we all want to be in the driver's seat. We all want to be behind the wheel. If, 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 I'm on, if there's going to be a wreck had, I want to be the one driving when we had the wreck. Uh, I want to be in charge of, of this thing. And I believe we all want to be that way in our lives. And even in the simplest of things, it's difficult for us to let go of or lose control of something because it involves fear because it means trusting the one in whom you're giving control to. And what I, if, if a, that person hurts you, or makes you to do something you don't want them to do, it makes you afraid because you don't know what to expect. And when I say the word surrender to some, it would mean it would represent a sign of weakness. You feel like that if I'm surrendering, that I'm supposed to be strong, I'm supposed to be in charge. After all, I'm the adult here, and I no longer am a child. I, I have rights. I, I need to be strong in this thing. Others, when you think about it, you, you feel that surrender is a result of being a failure, that it associates you with shame. And this wave of the white flag of surrender comes to your mind to say that I have given in and I cannot help it. I, I, I've lost this battle. But of course, there is those who are among us that are like Custard, that his last stands, that he would refuse to surrender, even though that it meant that I'm going to die. I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to give up. But understand that God is a different kind of surrender. It is not the act of weakness. It is not the defeat, uh, to, to the defeat and failure. Surrendering to God requires a great act of strength. Where surrendering to God is a sign of ultimate success and victory. Where that John said that I must decrease that he might increase. And so what is really awesome is God uses surrender to bring his supernatural power into our lives. And the more that we surrender, the more this power we get. And through that surrender, we obtain the fullness of his power. Amen. I was reading uh, many years ago, I remember reading about John G. Lake and, and how that he had... Uh, undergone this this a virus that had taken swept the nation and how he went in and, and they did this test but John G. Lake had went into Africa Ebola had hit the nation and the doctors couldn't do anything with it it was spreading like wildfire everyone that was getting it was dying and and John G. Lake went into that place where they were at without any kind of gloves without anything on he and the uh, history said uh, a group of spirit-filled people walked into that place. John G. Lake laid his hands on them and he said immediately everyone that he touched was healed. The doctors got so amazed by this, they said, uh, how did you do that? And he told them, the life of God lives in me. The life of God lives in me. 
And he told them they, they wanted, they couldn't, they, you know, of course, their natural mind couldn't figure that out. Scientists and doctors couldn't imagine how that worked. And, and so uh, John G. Lake said, he said, take the, uh, the virus of Ebola and put it under a microscope. And he said he did. And it said it was obvious that it was moving. It was alive. And he placed his hand under that microscope and said, drop it in my hand. And they dropped it in his hand. And when it touched his hand, the virus died. The more we are willing to decrease, the more God will increase in our lives. But isn't it hard to give up control? Amen. Isn't it hard to surrender? What do we surrender? We surrender everything. We need to surrender our doubts, our fears, our unbelief, our worry, our pains, our wounds, our hurts, our anger, our disappointment, our hopelessness, our insecurities, our pride, our arrogance, our unforgiveness, our finances, our family, our friendships, our job, our health, our time, our flaws, our failures, every situation and every circumstance, we need to surrender everything to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And surrender all, that means holding nothing back. It includes our hopes, our dreams, and our desires. It means giving God every part of our being. It means dying to self, willing to lay down our life so that we can carry his cross. It means being crucified with Christ. It means staying on the cross, continually saying, not my will, but your will be done. This type of surrender must be uh, put us right in the center of God's will. It sounds good and it sounds like it's easy, but things, uh, easiest thing to do. But the reality is our flesh does not want to give up. Our flesh always wants to fight. Our flesh wants to stay in control of everything in our lives. <laughs> It's, it, it is the fleshly desire to be in control, right? And it's the first, last thing that we have to crucify. Our spirit is saved when we say, Jesus, come into my heart. Our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions is being saved as we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our soul, our suke, which is our mind, will, and emotions. But our flesh is always holding out, right? Our flesh is holding out. It wants to be in control. It doesn't want to give up everything to the Lordship of Christ. It says, I'm in charge here in the earth. I'm going to do my thing. I know best. I know how to handle this. And it's our flesh that always gets us in trouble. And so it's that struggle of our flesh that keeps on pulling on us. And, and what I want to say is that the flesh will never be saved. Amen. But what you, can, what you uh, cannot conquer, you've got to learn to control. And the way that you control it is you surrender all to the Lord. Amen. When Jesus surrendered to his cross in the garden of Gethsemane, he, he literally sweat great drops of blood. It's interesting to me that the symbol of Christianity is a cross. 
And you know, even you, uh, uh, we, we, we see it so misused, but uh, drug dealers have a cross on. You know, uh, people that uh, don't even come to church or love on God or have a relationship will buy a cross and put around their neck. But the true symbol of, of Christianity is not the cross. The true symbol of Christianity is the garden. Because the, the, the Jesus didn't win the battle on the cross. He won the battle in the garden. And because he won the battle of surrender in the garden, he was able to hang upon a cross and say, not my will, but your will be done. And I want to submit that, that a lot of people want public ministry being the cross, but have never spent time in the garden. And whenever we come to the garden, it is there that we win this battle in our flesh that says, not my will, but your will be done. And when his will, when we surrender in a private place of the garden, it is easy to crawl on a cross and say, not my will, but your will be done. I surrender all. When Jesus surrendered all in the garden, the struggle of the flesh was overcome. That's the reason why he could carry the cross up the hill of the skull. That's the reason why they could put the nails in his hands and in his feet. It's the reason why they could beat him until he was unrecognizable. It's the reason why they would put a crown of thorns upon his head and not say a word because the battle was won in the garden. But look what Jesus surrendered produced. It brought victory over death, brought victory over hell, and brought victory over the grave. It purchased eternal life for all of mankind. It was worth it because now the price that he paid, the surrender that he gave and said, I surrender, it purchased our salvation. It delivered us from the hand of the evil one. It had took the sting out of death. Amen. And so whenever he took the sting out of death, you know, the, the bee, when he goes around and, and he, he is able to sting one person. But whenever the stinger, uh, when he stings you, the stinger is left in you. So he can go and he can buzz around, but he can't sting anybody any longer. Are you following me? And whenever Jesus died on the cross, he took the sting out of the grave. And so he can bring fear to you about death, but he can't sting you with death because Jesus Christ caused the stinger of death to be removed glory to God and so tonight we know that he took the sting out of death and so we can rejoice tonight because of Jesus and what he was willing to surrender paid the price for us so we can enjoy what we enjoy as being Christians today amen submit say submit it's an easy word, but a hard thing to do. <laughs> and then he said, submit yourself and then resist. Resist seems dramatically opposed to the word submit, doesn't it? Submit, resist. How do the two things work together? It's simple. When we submit to God, he gives us the power we need to resist the devil. Through submitting that to God, 
shuts every door that the enemy could come through in our life. But whenever we don't submit, a lot of uh, times I think where we lose in the battle is we were trying to resist without first submitting. Are you walking with me? And if you try to resist without submission, then it leaves doors of opportunity open for your adversary to come in. But through submission, it closes every door of your life. Let me say it this way. If we refuse to submit to God, we are 100% open and vulnerable to the devil. And so we have to submit, and when we submit, it closes access into our life. He can mess with us all he wants. We are our primary candidates to be his victims. But whenever we shut the doors by submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ, no longer are we candidates to be a victim, but we are victim-proof because we have submitted ourselves to his lordship. We Resist him and he flees from us. The devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom may he may devour. What makes you devourable? Seeking whom he may suggest to me that everyone isn't devourable, right? But how, how, what separates you from being devourable and not being devourable? It is in that that we submit ourselves to God that says, I am not devourable. You cannot destroy me. You cannot tear me down. You cannot to rip me apart because I have submitted myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and therefore I am not devourable. He's looking for someone who will not submit to Christ. And when he finds that person who is not submitted to Christ, then he is able to devour them and rip them to shreds. But I want to tell you today that we give him permission to, to victimize us when we do not submit totally to the Lordship of Christ the devil takes a look at us and he sees someone he can devour because he sees someone who has not been submitted to the lordship of Christ there is no ability to resist the devil unless we have first submitted to God many Christians are trying to resist without submitting but then we are shocked when we suffer defeat But the reality is we must first, he puts it in perspective, submit and resist. We just don't understand why God hasn't protected us from the devil. And we've become victimized by our enemy. But it is in that garden experience where we win the battle or we lose the battle. If Jesus prayed, he he was having, how many realized Jesus was having a flesh battle in the garden? He said, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. And so the flesh struggle was there. It wasn't that he was Superman. He, He was all man, but he was all God, but he was here as man. And he was having this flesh struggle just like you and I have this flesh struggle. And he was saying, God, Father, if there is any other way, let this cup pass from me. 
But he won the battle when he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He submitted to his lordship. He said, I surrender all. I give you everything. I give you my very life. And whenever we see that happen, we see a shift takes place. And we've got to understand tonight that we can fight and fight and fight against the devil. And we can still uh, be uh, uh, suffer at his blows. Or we can submit to his will, his wants, and his desires of the lordship of Jesus Christ. And he will cover us and he will hide us in the pavilion of his love and his grace. And so, you see, we've got to understand that when we get tired of losing, losing the battle after battle. Then we blame God and we ask him, why are we still being here? What are you doing sitting on your throne? Don't, why don't you come down here and do something about this situation? And God says, I've already done something about it. You just have to submit to my will, my want, my desire. You submit to me and I will protect you and hide you in this pavilion of my love and my care. It's all about submission. Submission. What does it mean to resist? It means to oppose. It means to fight against. It means to refuse, to accept, to withstand, to combat. In Ephesians 4 and 27, he said, we are commanded to give no place to the devil. That means we are to keep our doors closed and locked. We are to keep him out. We must give him no place to live. None whatsoever. We keep all doors and access closed by staying submitted. Right? Staying submitted. Now that's, that's another story. Because we can come with pure hearts before God and say, God, I give you everything. But if we're not careful, the flesh will call, creep in and, and we'll come out of that. Right? And so we have to, that's the reason why that Paul said you got to crucify this flesh. When? Daily. Got to keep this flesh dead. And to, to keep the flesh dead, I've got to make a conscious decision daily that this flesh is going to stay dead. It's going to die today. Right? And when we do so, then we, we close the door. We stay, we stay uh, uh, covered and the enemy stays to a place that the door is locked. Because when we're submitted to God, it, it says the devil's going to keep knocking, right? Because that's his job. He keeps looking for a door. He keeps looking for a window. He keeps looking for an access. That's his job. And he does it well. But we ignore his knock. We make sure the windows are locked. How do we do that? Through the submission to the Lordship of Christ. Just because he brings trouble to our doorstep doesn't mean that we have to answer the door and accept his package. Amen. There is such a thing as writing on there, return to sender. Wrong address. No such number. Not accepted. Right? Refuse to accept what your enemy sends. I'm going to tell you 
if I, if I, if I get a, a package from somewhere known as the Islam, ISIS, I ain't opening it. Huh? And how many know the devil's more dangerous than ISIS? Right? So why even play with it? Why even entertain it? Why even see what's in the box? Just say, I'm not, return to sender. Amen. I'm almost done. Ephesians 6 and 11 said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. How many know we are at war? We cannot afford to go around without any armor on. We cannot afford to go into our daily routine without the armor on. This is not ordinary days. These are extraordinary days. These are the end times. And we cannot go out into the world every day without putting on the armor of God. We need to have our loins girded with truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness and to have our heads with a helmet of salvation and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We need the shield of faith, which is a man in the helmet of salvation salvation to withstand the wilds of the devil we need to put on all of the armor that God has given us he never said put this on and it would be a good idea but he said you're not in you're not in just some uh, little nice clickety click little club but you have enlisted in the army you are in the army of the Lord right and so we are putting that on because when we do we are resisting the enemy he said submit and resist and then the devil will flee why would you when you you submit and then you resist does the devil flee Because whenever you submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, now you are not your own, but you've been bought with a price. And now you are a candidate not to be a victim of the devil, but to be a victor of God. And he has given you the authority and the power. He has deputized you to go in his name and the power of his name so that you can walk in total victory. And so when you submit to him and you resist, this now the doors are shut it's it's stronger than Fort Knox it is victim proof and the devil runs away from you and instead of him chasing you you begin to chase him and say greater is he that is in me than the world that has come against me glory to God amen and he will run. Think about it. He, he, he is running away from you instead of you running from him. Why? Because he said he would flee. Flee means to run away from danger. You now have become dangerous to the enemy. Why? Because I've submitted and I've resisted. And now there is a power of God working in my life that it, like Jesus, when, when, what did Jesus say when he came? He said, there is none of the devil in me. 
He has nothing in me, right? And what is he saying? He said, I submitted to the Father. And if the enemy has nothing in you, then he has nothing to control you with. And so he shuts that door. He shuts that off from his life. And now he is brazen. Why? Because he is submitted to the lordship of his Father. And he is resist of the devil. And now there is a power that says you better run from danger. He's fleeing from you because he knows that the power that is in you is greater than the power that is in him. The reason the devil flees is because you're dangerous, because you're submitted and resisted, and God's power has made you dangerous to his enemies. The devil won't be able to get away from you fast enough when you submit yourself to God. Resist the devil And he will flee from you. Submit plus resist equals dangerous. So why should I worry? Why should I fret? Why should I be up all night worried about all that's going on? Why don't I just turn the table and make him stay up all night? Because I want to submit myself to him because at the end of the day, there's things come in our lives that we have no control over anyways. No control over. And we, are, we don't have the ability to shift it anyway, so why don't we just submit it to God? Just give it to you. Give it to you. My good, my bad, my ugly. The thing I think I can handle and the thing I know I can't handle, I just give it all to you. I submit to you. And then I resist the devil. Shut all the doors, the windows, the accesses of my life, the places I know he's crawled in before. I make sure they're shut. Right? The place where he had easy access before, that he should run into a block wall because you have dealt with that thing in your life and you've put the wall up in the spirit and where it was easy at one time, now he finds no access there. It's easy to say, hard to do, but the reward is great. Reward is great. I don't stand before you as a finished product. I don't stand before you tonight saying, look at me. I look at you tonight and say, God's word says, submit ourselves. Resist. And we will be dangerous. How many want to be dangerous? Hallelujah. Pastor Jamie, come help me tonight. Praise God. I did good. I almost got you out on time tonight. Praise God. Does this help anybody tonight? Let's stand together. I want us to take just a few moments tonight. Just take inventory of our own lives. 
Don't worry about the opinions of others or what somebody else will say or don't say or what they think or don't think. But it's just about me and God. And ask myself, have I submitted everything or am I still holding on to some things? It's my flesh, it's my desire to try to embrace and hold on to the steering wheel. God, spiritually, I'm just going to give it to you tonight. Can't do it anyways, but I'm just going to give it to you. And then I'm going to resist. Holy Spirit, I want you to help me to resist. I know I cannot resist until I submit, but in my submission, I ask you to help me to resist. Find the place that the enemy is coming in. The Bible said he's like a thief. The thief don't come in Well, most of the time in the middle of the day, he comes in the darkness of the night. He comes in somewhere where we're vulnerable, somewhere where we never thought of before. To try to gain access to something valuable. It speaks of our enemy. He comes in a door that we left open or cracked. A window that we forgot to lock spiritually speaking and he slithers in to get those things of value in our life but God's Holy Spirit can help us reveal those areas to us so we can lock down the hatches spiritually speaking that the enemy cannot come in and steal, kill and destroy but we can have life and have it more abundantly doing so God says he will flee flee means to run from danger the enemy sees you greater than what you see yourself he knows that he cannot defeat someone whenever they're totally submitted to the lordship of Christ when we resist he has to flee amen Jamie could you just sing a course tonight and Let us just meditate right where we are in a moment. I'll give you opportunity, but I just want us to reflect for a moment. Let's just let the Holy Spirit speak to us here for just a moment.
tonight. Just raise your hands toward him tonight. Let's sing it together. time. 